Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Broken Down Garage. Yeah, yeah. Jake Becker and Brent Gill talk about everything that's working and not working in the world of cars, specifically our own. Uh, big episode today. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We uh, we 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 talk about the uh, your Jake bought a new truck, sort of. He he hasn't purchased it yet, but he is trying. Uh, the guy took it offline already. He's replacing his. We talk about uh, the airless tires that Michelin's. Michelin is trying to put out uh and then we talk about renewable fuels we talk about the ford busting mach e that i'm gonna rent and a whole bunch of other stuff great episode jake does a couple dabs smokes 19 cigarettes it's a regular episode here in the garage two cigarettes (laughs) i bet you can't wait to get that third one in i'm out i have to shower (laughs) he's so mad (laughs) enjoy the episode everybody we'll see you on the inside Hi, Brent and Jake here for Buy a Car Radio. Yeah, Buy a Car Radio. <laughs> be one of those. Guys. Oh, so like you're going to be on this ultimate delay because you're on your phone listening to me? No, I, I'm. Is it on a delay? I mean, I would think it is. I can hear you saying that right away, though. Are you sure you can hear me saying it right away? It could be the same delay that you and I had. Yeah, I'm, it's like almost <laughs> a perfect echo in my head. It feels pretty good. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, right. Jake. Uh, Mister, the airlines went into my bag to steal my headphones. They're fucking gone. I can't believe this. I couldn't. Have I think lost you them. lost them because you're a stoner. No, because I didn't get to use them. Because the air, or not the airport, the airline didn't have wife. Jesus Christ. This is why I know you lost them. No, I'm just fucking. I just got done with like an hour and a half meeting of being like social. And uh, no, the airliner had no Wi Fi either direction. So I got nothing done on my laptop. Were you flying on fucking Sun Country? It was Frontier. Ugh, it's almost as bad. That's just like no Sun Country. That's like Hellscape Country. I know. It's and like Saskatchewan Airlines. The the hotel Wi-Fi was fucked. I couldn't download or work on anything while we were there. So I had to do all that when we got back. Fuck this. I'm going the other way and turning off the Echo. <laughs> this is terrible. I knew you'd have an Echo. It's just on me, though. I know, but it's it's intolerable. I thought I could do it. I didn't, and I didn't look to see if they had, you know, stolen my headphones until after work when I just assumed all my shit would be in my belongings bag. But yeah, so I didn't use it in either place. I unpacked it and then immediately repacked everything because I couldn't download the fucking files, and nothing was working my way. Did you did you call the hotel? No, I mean, I literally found this out while I was setting up the rig while we were about to record. But it was also obvious that my bag went through because my microphone and charger and HD were in a different order than I pack them. Wait, you put your gear under the airplane? No, I'm saying in TSA, they probably pulled out my computer bag because in a... Yeah, but you would have had to have been there. No, in Ohio, you don't have to pull your bag out. And they did x-ray my bag, and I had to wait for it after I had already gotten my coat and shoes back. So, And I don't think they stole it. They more than likely pulled out all my wires, and my loose headphones fell out. 
And yeah, you were a big not, loose headphone guy. And they did not notice. <laughs> yeah. Jake's a big loosey headphone guy. I'm the loose guy. I'm loose with it. Well, first of all. But yeah, airless uh, tires, dog. Dog. I still think you lost these headphones. We'll talk about the airless tires now, but uh, I still I, think you lost these headphones. I did not. Look at the truck I'm buying. <laughs> okay. For... <laughs> ADD. This is the ultimate ADD podcast. Yeah, dude. Uh, like, I feel like this whole this whole podcast should just be sponsored by Ritalin. Um, <laughs> just fucking. Hi, welcome to Broken Down Garage, sponsored by Ritalin. Uh, <laughs> We're powered by the, Ritalin, nicotine, and weed. Yeah, and dabs specifically. Yeah. Dabs. Um, so uh, you lost your your headphones. That's fine. I get it. Uh, blame it on fucking TSA. Because here's the thing: I've played, I've flown enough to know that TSA won't go through your bags without you standing there. They didn't invite me over at all. They had like a whole separate section in Ohio where they were looking at shit. But they also this didn't. Have maybe us take, this may be true. They also didn't have us take our computers out of the bag. So I think maybe they're just like, if it's electronics, we just double check it. Hmm. I one time was flying through the Burbank airport. This is so funny. I was flying through the the, the Burbank airport and I had, uh, I think I had a bunch of gear in my bag. Like I had this microphone. I had the, my zoom, my cloud lifter. I think I had two extra mics. Cause I, cause I think we we're going to try to do like a onsite thing. Yeah. Uh, and the guy goes, the guy's like staring at it. He stops the belt. He's staring at it and he just looks at me and he looks at the screen and he looks at me and he goes, what do you have in here? And I just go, I don't know, microphones? And he goes, all right. And then just fucking sends it through without asking anything else. Yep. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. <laughs> they don't. They look at me walking through through Burbank, and they're like, this fits. This this absolutely fits. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Look at old Apatow's nephew making a name for himself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that, that uh, Seth Rogen had kids. Huh. <laughs> he grew or, up. Great. Or, or I didn't know that that I've never that I'd ever meet Seth Rogen's dad. <laughs> that would be fun if you got to play his dad. His grade up your stubble. <laughs> it's getting pretty gray on its own. I'll tell you that much. Mine is too. The uh, the. Uh, let me turn that up a little bit so I can sit further back. Fuck it. I'll turn it down and get closer to it. Uh, the truck you're showing me, Jake, uh, it looks expensive. It wasn't bad. It's $33,000. Yeah, but there's like $80,000 worth of work in it. And I had like 37 over eight years in mine that needed paint. How much uh, is your insurance going to give you? Like enough to cover this? Not quite. But close. Close. All right. I don't hate this. It's the shit. It looks fantastic. It's amazing. I mean, the paint job on this is insane. Um, One year only color. Is this original? Yeah. It's no, re- like they probably repainted it, it's but, but, but it's the original color. Yeah. I mean, dude, the engine bay looks incredible. The engine bay is impeccable. I like the rock liner that he did on the inner fender well. And under It looks like a it looks like it was uh it looks like it was uh done by Chase Bays. 
Yeah, it's fucking nice. The firewall's original. It's still got all the stamping it's on so it. It's so clean. Well, yeah, they didn't have any accessories back then. There yeah, I guess that's that, true. They weren't stamping the firewall for support because there was nothing going. I mean, the battery's not up there. Where is the it at in the back or, or under the seats? Under the floorboard in front of the passenger. Man, that thing looks great. I like the white wall tires. So it's like, what color blue would you say this is? This is the 19. So we haven't told anybody what we're looking at yet. 1955 Chevy 3100 half ton pickup truck. First series. First series. I they don't mean, know what this means. Okay. So the 55 pickups were leftover 54s, which were leftover 47 to 53s that they took the <laughs> split window out of. But they only produced them for like four months in 1955. So they're. Very, very fucking rare. And it's a one-year-only color. It's a Chevy 510 blue. It's more of a Bel Air color because people don't really associate it with the truck because it was four months that you could get one that color, and they didn't really like advertise it, so a couple just showed up at dealerships that color and got sold. Right. It's a it's a nice it's like a nice blue it's like almost a sky blue it's like a it's like a sky blue if you're no it's almost like I, I take that back it's almost like a cross between a sky blue and a Laguna Seca blue it's almost yeah it's like a Laguna Seca just like a touch lighter hue right it, it like it and it it looks it almost looks different. In, in each picture, obviously, when the light's on it, on the outside, it looks a little bit darker. When you're on the inside, it looks a little bit lighter. Um, yep. It's nice, nice chrome on the front, nice accents, white wall wheels. Uh, I mean, it, this thing looks pretty fucking sick. The interior and the doors have all been sound deadened. He was tapping on them on fucking video for me. They're fucking. Wait, well, wait did you already phone him? Oh, yeah, yeah dude. I'm waiting for uh, tomorrow when. Or Thursday when the bank's going to put the money through for me, and then i got to figure out shipping. So you've already told them that you're going to buy it? Yeah. How exciting! Jake's yeah. buying a new car that'll break down in, uh, in six months. This car has 1,000 miles on it, Brent. <laughs> My car has 2,000, and I'm still breaking it, so I don't, I well, don't know. Yeah, but yours, yours is full-on custom. This is exactly <laughs> the way that everything worked back then. There's, like, no tricks to this. I mean, it's got a thousand miles on it since it was rebuilt. You mean all the sheet metal except the cabs brand new? All the hardware is brand new. Everything, under, everything underneath is brand new. The entire the entire truck is new except the seat frame and the cab and the dash. What? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. I'm getting an eighty five thousand dollar truck for thirty two thousand dollars. These uh, this is nicer than the eighty thousand dollar ones for sale right now. Boy, I can see why he said many new parts. PM me for a comprehensive list. It's literally fucking everything. He had the whole inside of the door skins redone. He had the all the. He probably wanted to go through and talk to you and vet you to make sure that you weren't fucking some piece of shit that um, he was going to sell his baby to. You know would, what I mean? He, he probably would, wanted to know. He was laughing at me because he'd be like, "Well, let me show you this here because this is a year specific thing," and I'd be like, "What?" He'd be like, "The starter." I'd be like, "Yeah, I know." And he was like, no, it's trick. And I was like, yeah, 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 the one on the floor. I know. They went to it, the other one in 54, but then they went back to the next model one that was only used on the semis in 55. And he was like, yeah, whoa. 
You're so autistic, dude. You're a fucking psychopath. And then he was like, there's a two-inch drop in the front. And I was like, God, you didn't use like, you didn't use one of those over-the-counter Mustang 2 kits, did you? You did a leaf drop. And he was like, I did do a leaf drop. And I was like, all right, cool. Then I'm still in. And he was like, yeah. And he's showing me the rear end. And I was like, whoa, dude, are those all new nickel fasteners? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, God. It's fucking... It's better. They're than, both just jerking each other off over Zoom. Dude, it's better than factory. <laughs> it's better than factory. <laughs> and he built it, and his wife doesn't like riding in it, so he wants to get a 55 Bel Air to build. Interesting. So the leaf drop. So that's probably why the guy liked my Jeep so much, because it was lifted from the leaf springs. Yeah, because a uh, suspension lift makes sense. A body lift is the dumbest shit, and a body drop is even fucking dumber. Um, yeah, ba- basically, like, doing anything to your car to make it look more rugged, but not actually making it more rugged, I don't know. I, I just feel like you could better spend your time on RuPaul's Drag Race than being into cars. If you're just into like cosmetically making something pretty and something it's not, then like, yeah, there's a competition for that. You don't need to ruin machinery. So you're pulling this trigger, huh? Yeah, I'm I'm 99% sure. He took the ad down already and then put it back up because I wanted to be able to share it with my dad. Um, But he's in. He's not talking to anybody else. Wow. He's like happy that I'm going to get it. He was blown away that I knew all the history of it. He's given me all of his like factory brochures and shit that he got over the years while he was building it. Wow. How fun. Yeah. Sometimes it pays off to be a little tism guy. And even though I'm going like bald and gray, these guys all still look at me like, look at that toddler who wants to keep the dream alive. (laughs) Because there's like, dude, I, honestly, LS Fest is the only experience I've ever had around people even remotely our fucking age at car shows. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Like when you go to Concours, dude, or Pebble Beach or any of the shit you go to, what are you underclocking everybody by 15 to 20 years? Uh... There's not a lot of 45 year old guys that shit like that. Unless yeah, it's because their kids are too young and their wives are fucking lame and won't let them. Well, it's play. partially that, and it's partially that like the giving a fuck went away. It, it, no, here's what it is: women quit caring. Women quit caring what the fuck we drove in the '90s. As long as it works and it's clean, they're in because everything was reliable and everything's like decently quick now and comfortable. So, like, the fact that you cannot get laid off of knowing anything or having a better car than anyone else, I think, like, really split interest in cars down to, like, nothing in the 90s. Like, you're either into cars because you're a nerd or you're not. Whereas guys our dad's age were into cars because, like, (laughs) bitches love it. Yeah, now... If we had cars like ours, if we had quality cars like the ones we have now in 1972, Brent, it would be annoying to pull up to crowded parking lots because you'd be like, no, all these cute girls are going to have to talk to me. And all I want to do is 
I want to just talk to my dudes. Yeah, I just want to run. I just need to get some groceries on my way home from work. And now everybody's going to want to talk to me about my sick-ass Buick or my dope-up tricked-out Beamer. Like, yeah, there'd be – it's it'd be nuts. It'd be like being an athlete walking into a fucking shopping mall. People people were into it and wanted to talk to you about it and know what you did. And then they knew what you were talking about on top of that. It wasn't just blind interest of like, hey, cool car, what'd you do? And then you start telling them and they go blank. But also well, we have- I pulled out my uh, checking account and signed the check. Yeah. And that's what I did. Dude, see, you think that would have been like looked down upon back then? Guys would have been like, man. Brent's got it fucking figured out, dude. He doesn't even work <laughs> on his own shit. Like that was a bragging thing back then. That wasn't like because nobody assumed you were too stupid to do it. If you were paying somebody else to do all your shit, that meant you were like living well. Okay. Because it was just like people didn't do that. So if you did it, yeah. guys looked at it as like his whole car was built at the speed shop. Like none of that was done in his driveway. He didn't use a tree as an engine lift. This guy paid somebody <laughs> and use and like old tires to hold his fucking car up. Yeah, man, <laughs> for jack like, stands, like legit. <laughs> so, like, honestly, even though like now it's kind of looked down upon in the car world, and I think that's mostly just because of the nature of like the guys who are left tend to be rednecky and like sure. in the cars because their dad was real in the cars and uh, sure. So, like, I think that's where that pride has come from. But back in the day, like, it's still true. Like, you you can be a pretty great mechanic, but unless you're a master fucking mechanic actually customizing shit, you're better off going to somebody who does it all the time. You would think so. I got a story about my van we'll get into in a little bit, but you are correct for the most part. But <laughs> And my purple car. I mean, that shit's broken, too, now by people that knew how to do it. So I I don't know. Sometimes I think you got to do it yourself. Yeah, but the purple car is not broken from shit they did. It's broken because they did it really shit well. Shit, I do. <laughs> they did it really I well, do? and the car wasn't ready for that. <laughs> she wasn't ready. Yeah, she uh, wasn't ready. <laughs> the more I think about that, but just just <laughs> piecing it all together myself it's kind of like what we talked about several weeks like i think it was a couple months ago where it's like you you start buying all the parts and then you go get the job done so like when you finally paid to get the job done and it and it installed it only feels like you spent 500 bucks yeah when in reality you're like 2100 dollars in yeah 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 <laughs> no i've done it several times where i'm like i can't believe i only paid fucking 1800 so to get stupid. the Buick fixed and then I have to like have a quiet moment. And if I'm with somebody else, I just like move on happy. And if I'm alone, I'm like plus eleven hundred for it, the fucking steering gear, plus the center drag link, plus the window crank, plus the uh, yeah. yeah, I did. I did have maybe another fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars worth of parts that I handed them. <laughs> but it, but in my head, when I think about it, I'm like I only gotta, spent four eighty half. Yeah. <laughs> What a fucking trick I pulled. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so smart. Uh, well, this thing rips, dude. I would recommend going to my shipper. Uh, uh, I mean, he he is... I, I was very happy with it. He was thorough. I mean, everyone that ships anything is all Ukrainian or Russian anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. the entire industry is, is dominated by those. The couple of phone calls I've had have been very, you know... 
um, villainous from like, say a Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon. What is all the people's voices? They all sound like villains from Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> like the guy and the girls I've spoken to on the phone so far talking about prices are just like, yes, well, we can do that. <laughs> oh. Damn, this is this. Talk is- to my boy Jason, dude. I'll send you his number. He fucking okay. he rips it. It was uh, I think it's G and G Auto Transport. Okay. Uh, Jason Auto Shipping. Yeah, this dude. This dude rules. Uh, I'll send him to you when we're not recording a podcast. Um, but he, uh, yeah, dude, it was two thousand. But it was like under two grand. For two cars enclosed from Denver to Austin. Damn. Okay. Yeah, because I've the the best I've gotten is like twenty one hundred enclosed from DC to here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would have been cheaper if I did if I did one car. Yeah. No, definitely. But it was only like four. Like honestly, I think it was like I want to say it was like twelve or sixteen hundred bucks to do one car. And then 19 to do them both. That's also a much shorter distance, though. It's a shorter distance. Plus, you don't have to go over the mountains. Because when I was looking into this to get it to California, it was a lot more expensive. Uh, but if, if like, they can only fit two cars in these enclosed transports. And they're a lot cheaper to put them in just those big rack ones. But it wasn't that much cheaper. So I was no. like, you might as well go enclosed than, than doing it on the regular one. Yeah, and it's not worth getting it with paint chips and fucking... no. Especially not this car. I mean, like, this truck is pristine. I wish I had more vacation days left because I'd just go pick it up and drive it back in four days. That would be so uncomfortable. No, it wouldn't. Yes, it would. I've driven those. I've I've had 12-hour days in that exact same truck. That feels to me, Jake, a little excessive. Nah, dude. See, that's called motoring. And we're going to teach you about that on this here podcast. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dude. That's motoring. That's just you, a fucking piece of sheet metal, a motor, and an axle hauling ass down the interstate. <laughs> motoring. Uh, and so it's funny, been dude. found dead into high fuck, dude. I mean, it's Cadillac quiet in that thing. That probably adds a lot of extra weight that isn't necessary either, though. Well, I mean, the truck is a whole 2,100 fucking pounds with the transmission. I'm swapping back into it when I oh, get it. That's pretty light, so that, that's probably a pretty good call then. Yeah, so adding the 50 pounds of Dynamat isn't really a worry to me. Yeah, that's fair. My transmission um, is 400 pounds lighter than the stock one. Or no, I'm sorry, 295 pounds lighter, but then the drive shaft is lighter too. Cap. Because is, is it made out of aluminum or something, the drive shaft? No, but in the in that from 1947 to 1954, they were made out of like cast iron. Why didn't they post any pictures of like the bottom of this? I, there's only like these Dude, five pictures. He had it listed for three hours before I had him take it off. He didn't finish that posting like the you. video or anything he had on there. That sounds like you. It looks great. I jumped on that shit, dude. I'm pretty rock hard on this. Yeah. My my 
dad's going to help me out with what the check won't cover. And then I'm just going to have to make payments for like a year or two. Wow. That's pretty. I keep looking at cars online, like when I go to sleep and then I just don't sleep well. It's very stupid. Yeah, I do that a lot. Um, Also, I think I'm going to put the, (laughs) this is dumb what I want to do. Yes, you're gonna lift it and put mud tires on it. No, see, that's like the first, <laughs> that's the first Corvette motor, the two thirty five in line six. Oh, is it the fifty five? Yeah, but it's in the in the truck in fifty four and fifty five. They got the two thirty five with the oil pressure, which is basically the Blue Flame six. It's the Corvette motor, but in the trucks they put a different head and a different intake on it and called it the Thrift Master. So I'm thinking real hard about putting a Corvette head and intake on it an exhaust manifold and making it like a era correct LS swap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to make payments on the part of the check that it doesn't cover. Uh, My dad's going to help me out, but I'm thinking about spending six extra thousand dollars on it. Well, yeah, I'll just buy parts here and there. And then when I have the head, the intake, the exhaust manifold, and the cover, which will take a couple of years to source because nobody fucking has them, uh, then I can put them on. I, like It'd take me longer to find all those parts in succession than it will to pay off the part of the truck that I don't have in the check. My favorite part about this story is that uh, you are rock hard on how accurate and period correct this car is. And then within five minutes, you've already said, I want to change it. Well, no, I'm going to change the intake and the head to another era correct intake and head. How much extra juice are you going to get out of it? Uh, I think it's about what well, the Corvette was getting like 235. So it's like another, it's like an almost another 70 horse. That's a lot of horse. It's a lot yeah. of whores. Cause the truck's supposed to get, horsepower you know it's almost 100 horse it's like 90 horse the truck's supposed to get like 140 and then the corvette i think got like 230 or 235 you know how much you'd have to pay for that in vegas uh yeah i do that's That's a lot of extra horse that's why as soon as it was posted i was like i'm in (laughs) give me the extra horse it's cheap give me these horsepowers um yeah but I am excited to talk about airless tires because this shenanigan's been going on since the 1930s. All right. Well, before we talk about airless tires, then let's talk about my broken down car. What happened to your busted shit? Dog. You know how my van's been in the shop waiting to get fixed? Yeah. So he finally calls me up, right? And he goes, uh, I sent you that list, that that thing he said. I copy and pasted it from it. Yeah. It's like, we got to do this upgrade from this type of fuel injection system to this other fuel injection system. $4,000. Yeah. Four fucking thousand dollars. And I go, no, it's not. That's not even what the van's worth right now. I did pay more for that van than that, but still, uh, I'm not paying over half of what the cost that van was on, on this when it was just working fine. So not only that, I do owe them for the spark plugs, ignition coil and the, uh, wires, spark plug wires that I had them install. Uh, on top of this diagnostic because it's still misfiring. Uh, And I'm like, I'm so fucking mad right now. I'm so mad. 
Uh, this one, I think this one might just be bad luck, bud. No, I think, I think the Yukon XL I bought, that white one, yeah. I think that one was bad luck. Yeah, that was terrible. I think that the black X5 that I bought, the drug dealer car, the cartel car, I think that was bad luck. I think this van is actually decent luck because it's very comfortable for me to sit in. Oh, no, I mean uh, intake. I wasn't talking about the whole purchase. Oh, I'm saying this going bad on you, I think, is probably bad luck. This isn't probably why the oh. last person bailed out of the car. This isn't probably anything with how you drove it or towing or doing oh. anything. This is probably just that your intake pissed out when it pissed out. Like, I don't think. Well, here's what I've discovered. My friend Chris, who yeah. loves this van. Yeah. He owns this home that I'm in right now. Uh, Chris was Googling it because Chris really, really like Chris might like this van more than I do. Uh, and I like this van, but he's like, dude, so like, would we be able to borrow the van? I'm like, fucking anytime you want, dude. What? For yeah. sure. I don't give a shit. This van's stupid. It's hilarious, but it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, uh, he goes, he, he sends me this fucking link to a Chevy uh, forum. And it sounds like if you get down deep enough into it, there's a post about someone that was having some sort of a similar issue, a P0300 misfire, um, and that uh, there was a bulletin that came out. And now the automotive place told me that, there, that Chevy put out this bulletin and said that this is what needs to happen. There was another bulletin that came out that said that we fucked up and uh, on the distributor cap, you need to remove the screen on it. Just remove it. Don't replace it. Just fucking take it. You get a pick. You rip that shit out, and you and you just put the distributor cap back on. Okay. No filter whatsoever. Because apparently, what happens is, and especially when it's rainy, uh, the it doesn't dry out well, uh, in like humid conditions and stuff like that, which causes these misfires and stuff like that the the van's been in cali its entire life so i bring it out to texas in the fucking winter and fall and it's been raining all the time and now all of a sudden as i said just all of a sudden it's misfiring well according to this yeah because of uh, of this reason so chevy puts out a bulletin that i think supersedes that bulletin to do the intake injector uh, or, or the uh, uh, fuel injection system, the whole system too. By the way, it's not just like a little bit; it's the whole system. Yeah. Uh, and so, I sent that forum to the automotive place, and I was like, "Look into this and tell me what you think." Because here's my thing: I should just go pick up the van and take it to Chevy and go ask them. But I'm gonna have to pay them to fucking diagnose it. And these dudes just spent hours with this car. Well, they just took it apart. They put all the fucking new parts in it. Okay, see, here's the thing, actually. If you take it to Chevy and they diagnose this and do the labor, they usually don't charge you for the diagnosis. Sure. So, so if you're willing to pay the dealership to do the screen removal, if that's what it is. Oh, I'll do the screen removal. I just want them to diagnose that that's, at, that that's probably what it is. Because, because like, looking into this, all you got to do is pull out the, the center console, and it's right in the top backside of the motor. I just do so it. So it's like closest to you. So I'll so I'll do it, but I wanted the I wanted the technician who had lo- who had done all the code troubleshooting to read this and and like could this be it? Yeah, I mean it sounds like it's probably it to me. That all makes sense. Right? 
Yeah. I don't want to pay $4,000 to fucking fix this van. I'll go buy a new crate motor with a fucking cam in it and and bolt that thing in there and have a goddamn fucking Chevy Corvette Z71 van. You know what I mean? I'm not paying 4K for to to just fix an old motor. Yeah, that sucks. It's really annoying. Hopefully it's just the weird uh malfunction the on screen. the screen. Yeah, screen. I'd hope so. Call and I still don't know what to do about the BMW, by the way. Uh, Ford. I want to go to the Ford. You're right. Uh, I do want to do that. I think I should just go buy. It's hard finding the right Ford rear end. I think I should just buy. I don't know what I need to do. It's hard to find a Ford 8.8. I don't know which one to get. The one I sent you, you're like, that's not limited slip. I'm like, well, which one is? I thought they all were limited slip. You want a Mustang one, basically. Then why are they selling the one out of the Explorer Mountaineer? Because they're cheaper. They're so why don't we li- just get that one? They're not limited slip. Oh, if I buy if I buy a Mustang one, it's still the exact same one, but it's got different internals. Right. And it'll be geared for car driving already instead of hauling truck driving. So if you get the right pumpkin, you really shouldn't have to switch the gears. I love how you give like 80% of the information anytime that you get me excited about something. And then three conversations later, I finally get the other 20%. It's a lot of shit I'm puking out of my weird brain. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and like, yeah, you even if you got a truck one, you'd want uh, you'd want a limited slip. Or you'd want just like an empty case that you were going to regear yourself anyway, right? Which you can now. I hear that popping out those those mounts though, like those diff those diff pushings. I hear that's quite difficult. Who told you that? The mechanic that's going to charge you to do it? No, the uh, shop that was trying to sell me the kit. Yeah, they're full of shit. I mean, watching their video, it looked obnoxious. What they had to do? Oh, it's not fun, but it's not. It's not out of the ordinary or like hard if that's what you do to cars. Like if what you if you're a rear end guy, that's what you're doing to every fucking. I'm for rear sure end. a rear end guy. You're right. Yeah, I could probably just do it myself. That'd be that'd be like you bringing in Porsche rims and the guy being like, you know, these are kind of hard to mount and balance. Like, yeah. oh, you just know I'm spending money, so you're trying to make me convinced <laughs> that I should spend all of the money. <laughs> Jake, I don't want to spend any more money. I got my fucking. I was chatting with my bookkeeper today, and I was like, "Holy lord, that's a, that's an alarming amount of money I wrote off this year." Yeah, I need to start writing more shit off. Uh, but the Buick does have probably fifteen to twenty-five more horsepower, so that's fun. You know what you need to do is just start up another business, like my, you know, like I did, and uh, base it in Trinidad, Colorado, and <laughs> just fucking write off your cars. Yeah. I need to also probably start selling classic cars because I don't know how I wouldn't be good at that. Well, dude, I've wanted to get a dealer's license for quite some time. Yeah, dealer's like I've wanted to get a dealer's license for at least at least seven years, five years at least. Yeah, I've wanted one since I was old enough to understand what my dad's meant. Yeah, your dad had one. Yeah, he just got rid of it a couple of years ago. It is wholesale license. Dude. The the amount of cars you can get for super cheap. Yeah, that's part of my lunacy. 
Yeah. I grew up with a guy who just go get something wholesale. I would never I like I get mad every time I look at cars at retail price. Oh yeah. Even these used cars right now, I'm like, there's so much in foreclosure for cars, whatever it is, uh like bankruptcy and impounds, uh, that I'm like, why the fuck am I paying full price for this? Cause that's what the market is right now. It's fucking stupid. It's dumb as shit, dude. Car prices are outrageous. Yeah, no, it's really, really frustrating. Wait, so what do we got to do to get our license? Should I just get one in Texas? I got enough room out here for eight cars. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cars already. Oh, if I rip my front fence out, man, we got enough room for a lot of cars on my lot. I mean, we could loop it in under my, my LLC. Yep, we'd have to take the test and get licensed and bonded to get our dealers licenses. And then and then the government wouldn't, you know, question how I just tried, you know, to write off fifty plus thousand dollars in a year on a business that doesn't really that makes videos. <laughs> well I think there's a lot of that going on. Excuse me. Uh, oh yeah. But yeah. <sighs> Man, I want to build shit. Even just getting my car back with the smallest horsepower gain was like, oh god, this rules. Well, what are we? Where's my fucking chapstick, Jake? I don't know. I was. Actually, Did you fly to Texas and steal it? Nope. It was the TSA dog. It actually might have been. I fucking knew it. See. Um, you're probably right. The uh. All right, let's talk about these dumb tires. First yeah. of all, they look dumb as shit. All right, if if Michelin, did you see those Michelin tires where it's like a it's like a flying V form? Yes. Everyone hates them. They hate the way they look. They 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 ride like shit. There's not there, there's there's like one benefit to them, and then all disadvantages. So Corner, you know Michelin. Cornering goes to shit, high speed goes to shit, ride quality goes to shit, but you can't get a flat. Neat. Wait, hang on. Are we talking about the airless tires? Yeah. Okay. Before we got to the airless tires, though, there was a tire that has a weird tread pa- tread pattern on it that uh, oh, I thought you they were the, selling. The 40 printed tires. What? It was... Uh, Michelin tires. What were those brand new ones? They were so stupid. But they've been trying to figure out these airless tires since the fucking 30s. Do you think airless tires are ever going to work? Because I do not. They'll work for like military applications and off-road where like you don't give a fuck about the ride quality. But they're, they're supposed to have them on production vehicles by the end of next year. Well, here's the thing they say. So I watched a little bit about this. It's called the Uptis, U-P-T-I-S, which stands for Unique Puncture Proof Tire System. It's an airless mobility solution for passenger vehicles, which reduces the risk of flat tires and other air loss failures that result from punctures or road hazards. That's it. That's the one with the V pattern on it? No, that's your your airless tire. Yeah, they're fucked. I found it. Yeah, the look. Here's the thing: like cornering's gonna go to shit. 
Like, there's so many inherent problems with this. The ride quality. I'm, like, sad that these are supposed to be on vehicles by the end of next year. It says it's 3D printed. Yeah. So these are 3D printed. Right, but it's not, like, inner brake. Is this why the goddamn Pilot Sports cost so much money? Is because that's their best tire and they wanted to invest in this shit? No, they cost that much money because the glue in them is made of, like, very rare earth chemicals. Oh, that's good for us. I'm glad we're wasting our money on Porsche Cup cars. What else are we going to glue? <laughs> Airplanes? Post-it nah. notes? I don't know. I could huff some. Uh, yeah, I want to huff it or be putting tires together for adhesion. Fuck. Anything else should be riveted or welded. I love that they're calling this the first airless mobility solution. Why are they using the word mobility they're calling solution? Calling it the first? Yeah. I want to I want to look up when the first one was. Hold on. Up this and then of course later like 38. Yeah, further down it's called the first of a new generation of airless solutions. Yeah, I was going to say 1938 JV Martin developed the first fucking safety tire. With hoops of hickory encased in rubber and fitted with crisscross spokes of ribbed rubber. Send me this link. I want to see what this tire looks like. <laughs> this is wild. And then in 2005, Michelin started trying to develop this called the Tweel that was one piece tire and wheel. However, the tire has a lot of vibration when driving over 50 miles an hour. So it should only be available for golf carts, ATVs, and skid steer vehicles. In 2019, however, Michelin and GM announced their goal of making a new airless tire for passenger vehicles available in 2024. Despite us just saying that they fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's like the epitome of like what's wrong with the market right now. The fact that these are going to be presented as like, look how much less plastic and rubber and oil we're using in the production of these tires and then they're going to tell people like that makes it more safe because you're not at risk of flats on the road at high speed and people will be like oh see it's safer and better for the environment i don't care if it makes my car suck worse and wears out parts faster and actually gets worse mileage and all that's fine what do you think this is going to wear out the suspension more yeah you get more vibration Vibration is friction. Friction and heat are the enemy of all machinery. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This uh, this crocodile tire yeah. that you sent me, the croc tire, is sick as fuck. Yeah, but like that makes sense. For military off-road vehicles and shit, like, can't get a flat because it'll put people's lives really at risk because of where they are. That makes sense. Or if you're putting on a Jeep that you're going to take That's on. That's just what I was going to say, man. 80 How mile- fun would that fucking be on a Jeep? The problem is if you're going through a bunch of mud, that would just hold the mud in those, in those, like, in the little holes of it. Uh, I think they're, like, cantilevered so that it sheds liquid and muds as you drive. Okay. But, yeah, like, those are the reasons to have them. Is like, yo, let's put them in Humvees. Let's put them on Jeeps that guys are going to go do Moab in. Like, stuff like that, where, like, that really does make sense. But making it more dangerous for people to corner, 
so that they don't have because to have you think air? that the side that the sideways integrity of the of the tire is not going to do it. There's no sidewall. Yeah, but don't you think they thought of this, Jake? No, no. Where where does where does pressure go when you're changing velocity? Like, let's watch slow motion videos of how tires work, dude. I mean, I've seen slow motion videos about how tires work. Yeah, the sidewall's doing a lot of the labor. It gives it a congruity. It makes the whole wheel go the same way because there's something tying it all together. That mesh on the inside. I've seen the videos and stuff. They've been trying to do this forever. It's yeah, but but you can drive over a bunch of nails at once. Okay. That is a I mean, problem that everybody runs into every day. Here's where I think these should be used. <laughs> if you know that you're going to be stealing a car, uh, make sure you steal one with one of these new tires. Because then if they put out those puncture strips, you'll be fine. Yeah. And it's going to, like, the tires attached to the rim, I believe. So you're kind of fucked on that front. Oh, it's like part of the rim? Yeah. It's like a monocoque design? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. I just know you've said it's that It's not before. monocoked, but it's it's, <laughs> it's a one-piece design from what I understand. That and sounds ridiculous. Like that's less of a big deal because they won't go flat. It's like, yeah, but I'll wear them out. Well, now they're saying that you won't, though. They're saying that these that these tires... Uh, they there it'll save 200 million tires it'll keep those like that off the road 200 a million tire scrapped each year could be addressed by uptus right but they're That's saying the because of, they're, they're claiming that because when you use these tires there's so much less tire they suck run flats suck anything that puts structure run between, flats do suck you're right this is a run flat that never had fucking air or sidewalls why do we keep trying to reinvent the wheel? <laughs> Dude, because they think it's what people want. And it looks cool. I want those light-up wheels from the fucking 60s. Give me those. The ones that they put in the uh, uh, BK Knights? No. Light-up tires for cars. How about light-up shoes? Wait until you see these pictures, baby. They're fucking G'd up from the feet up, Brent. G'd up from the feet up. That dumb bitch supercar blondie got to go see him. You know what my favorite thing about her is? That she has my job that I have dreamt about since I was a child with none of the skill or knowledge. Um, no, I don't think that's my favorite part. I was going to say her tits, but. I like her butt. <laughs> Just kidding. I, don't, I didn't really mean that. Uh, I mean, I do, but I didn't mean that. No, I uh, think she doesn't know anything about her cars. It's funny to read through the comments of her videos and have all these people like you just in there be like, actually, meh, and they pushed their glasses up. Yeah. You actually don't know shit about Dick. I bet she knows a lot about that, actually. That's the one thing she's an expert on. Well, these things like full on light up. Yeah, dog. This is the this is what the future was supposed to be. Bunch of fucking hippies came in and forgot how to do chemistry. This is the life I want to be living, dog. Were they good tires or did they just light up? No, they were Goodyear tires. They were good tires. How did they light them up? Internal lighting. Uh, was the tire white? It was like uh opaque, the whatever color you wanted. Translucent, you mean? 
no, it wasn't quite trans. It was just not all the quay opaque, but it was like a milky that color. And that was just the rubber that was that color. Right. And then bright luminescence from the inside. That picture of the lady has been colorized, but that's pretty much it. Like the tires were still colored even during the day. I mean, can we look at this golden Sahara for a second? The Gia. What the fuck is this thing? Um, I want to say it's a Chrysler. This car looks incredible. This car looks like it, 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 it. This looks more futuristic than any other car I've seen. It's got like, it's got like a video game steering wheel. It's got like Lincoln. Uh, it's got like Cadillac fenders. Cadillac fenders, Lincoln undercutting, a weird Mercury hood situation. Yeah, that front end looks like the 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 front end from Cars. Oh, it looks like Goodyear had it built to show off their car. To show off their tires. That's what I meant. Sorry, I was looking at a car when I said that. That's okay. It's called Neothane. Is the uh, is the material? Yeah, but it's urethane when they redid it in 2018. Okay. That's pretty cool. I'd buy light-up tires. Yeah, dog. Get me that neothane. You you think they're good performance? I think we could figure it out, especially now that we figured out. You think that these would be better performance than the airless tires? Yeah, they have sidewalls. So, so that's the only thing that you're that you're hung up on is the sidewall and the solid structure between the tire and the rim, so that you're always making con like that's just shit that sucks. So when the tire collapses, you're hitting the rim, is what you're saying. Yeah, or when it doesn't collapse, it's going to transfer energy like through the rim. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah. Every vibration on the road will be transferred 100 percent with no fucking dampening or maybe barely any dampening before it gets does goodyear just have that much money that they're like hey let's waste our money this way somehow no dude i i'm sure they've done the research and are sure that a bunch of hippie dipshits are gonna be like yeah this is good for the environment because it uses less rubber and it's like really safer because now i won't break down my kids fucking idiots and then it'll last like four or six years, and they'll make their investment bunch of, plus a bunch of money back to actually pay for the research to sell this to world militaries, and then it'll fall out of vogue. They used to make drift tires that had color smoke. I miss those, too. That's cool as fuck. That was a thing in the, like 2003 to 2012. They like like laid in like chemicals or something, so when they got hot, it like... No, they'd lay a whole strip of colored rubber that was designed to smoke easier than normal black rubber. That's fun. And black rubber produces white smoke, so it mixes. Um, so have you'd have these like big bold lines of color in your tire, and then anytime you peeled out, it mix with the smoke. It's pretty sweet. That's that's cool as fuck. That was a whole ass scene, dude. But yeah, these tires, like the fact that like it's not even reinventing the tire. Like somebody decided we should have radial tires instead of tube tires. And that shit got done in like a year because it was a good idea. They've been trying to figure out airless tires for literally almost 100 years. And it's not a good idea. As somebody else would have invested, it's been 100 years. 
Do you think solid tires would be better? Like maybe not like like hard solid, but like just the full hunk of rubber? No. Why? It's so much harder on your car. Like not the amount the amount of work that the air in your tire is doing when you're going over a pothole or a lip in the interstate or like shit like that, it's doing more than people appreciate because the tire's hard to us. When you go up and touch a tire, it's hard as shit. But when yeah, it's, it's being like moved by me. tonnage and hitting small obstructions, that dampening makes it to where it just like doesn't direct transfer energy. It gets spread out over the whole apparatus. And when you have that direct transfer of energy, the vibrations get harsher. You're wearing shit out. You're wearing out bushings. You're wearing out your steering column. You're wearing everything the fuck out. Which is why it's shittier to drive on super low-profile tires. Right. That's why they're dumb. Again, anything that's ever been done to cars strictly for style, oh, I don't don't party (laughs) that way, dog. Homie, don't play like that. No, the last time they did something strictly for style that I was with was Finn's. And after that, doing extravagant shit to a car just for style is silly <laughs> speaking of extravagant shit to a car for no reason i'm uh renting a uh uh on thursday i pick up a ford mach e how do you feel about this i mean i was trying to think about like words i wanted to say but i don't want to edit that much later on <laughs> First of all, I remember when they released this at at the LA Auto Show. Like, I don't know if that was the first time that they released it, but that was the first time I saw it. Uh, And Ford had a massive booth uh, for this car. I mean, I'm talking, it was like, it was like uh, of the entire plate, of the entire Pearson Auto Museum. Oh, dude, I've seen this play. It's huge. It was massive. It was like three displays leading up to like, it's stadium seating. Yeah. It was insane. Fucking nuts. And then they roll out that piece of fucking trash. Yeah. And call it the Mustang Mach E. Yeah. Have you ever had a buddy or even a gal friend who just kept telling you about how amazingly hot their new partner is? And then you meet him <laughs> and it's Dog Food Larry. And you're like, what's up with Dog Food Larry? And they're like, that's my boyfriend. Isn't he the best? And you're like, yeah, but I wouldn't fuck him with a borrowed dick. What were you talking about? How sexy and. <laughs> What are you into? Like, yeah, yeah, no, but he's good with NFTs. Yeah, that's Ford. Like, look what we did. It's a Mustang. <laughs> like, what? How? Tell me how Dog. it's a Mustang. That's so funny. I was gonna get a. Uh, it was only like eight bucks more than getting a normal car, and I was like, all right, I'll do that. And then I was gonna get a Tesla, but I've been in Teslas before, and I got to do it for whole hecklers, so I got to put my shit in the back. Yeah, and you don't uh, want panels to fall off and. Well, that too. Um, but the the storage space in a Tesla Model 3 is like 29.7 cubic feet with the seats down. And it's 59 point something cubic feet in the in the Mustang with the seats down. Pretty wild. I'm pretty I, – I forget what the number is, but I'm, I'm excited to let you know what my Buick's trunk space is. I bet it's pretty big. I mean, honestly, my – I was always impressed with how big the 3 Series E46 trunk is. Those are impressive. 
It's pretty like, impressive for how small of a car it is. Real, yeah, very impressive actually. How much size they fit in those? Yeah, and it was smart because the you know a lot of their market back then was well-to-do, upper middle class guys that had golf interests and shit. If I can't put two two bags of sticks in there, then what are we doing? Yeah, I could fit two bags of sticks in my convertible with the top down. Because with the top down or up, you could close off the part where the the top rests, and you could like flip it up to get a little more space. Uh, and I could put I could put two bags of sticks and my push cart in the in a closed convertible with me. Damn. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. If I didn't have the uh, uh, if I had the top down, then I could only fit you know two bags. But I missed that convertible. I should have kept it. I should have taken the money. Oh, I missed that car. I miss a lot of my cars. This is my problem, Jake. I have 26 in my trunk. That's pretty big. Before I put the seats down. That's pretty big. Yeah, dude, you and me can get in there and, like, play a game of cards. Yeah. Yeah. Or we could, you know, just put a couple of dead bodies in there instead, like, you know, adults. Dude, if they're dead, we could fit a lot. Yeah. You really crumple them up. Yeah. They can't be uncomfortable. Because they're not playing cards, so there's right. room for more. Yeah. They don't need breathing room. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, that's funny. Uh, well, I'll let you know what it is. I'm kind of excited about it. Here's my thing with Ford right now. I've rented a few Fords. I wanted to do like rental car reviews for a long time because I think that'd be funny. But every time that I'm like in a, in a rental car and I'm I'm like I clearly have to do something and I don't have time to like stop and make a review on it. But I've had a lot of thoughts on them. Uh, but I was in a four cylinder turbo Mustang convertible. Yeah. And for as dumb as it is, a four cylinder, it's sacrilege to have a Mustang four cylinder with turbo. I don't think so. The, t- I mean, to me, a Mustang should be a five zero, in my opinion. Wow! But the technology in this thing was pretty impressive for being a Ford and like being available in most of their cars. You know, it had like different driver modes. It had like, and you could really feel kind of a difference in how the steering felt, the weight of it, the sound of the car. It was pretty cool. So I'm kind of excited to see how this Machi. Uh, the technology in it. I'm excited to see how it feels, how comfortable it is. Uh, and I'm excited to, uh, see how fast it is. Yeah. I bet it's quick. It is quick. It's got a bunch of fucking tricks in it, but it has no soul. It's dead inside. It's wearing the skin of its victim. (sighs) It's the devil. It's wearing the skin of its victim. Yeah, dude. Which was a turbocharged. So creepy. Turbocharge is probably the only problem I have with the four banger. If they would have supercharged it or just built it as high as they could without worrying about money. Um, I don't mind it. I think ever since the McLaren one, uh, their McLaren four cylinder that they put in the Mustang back in the day. I think it's been part of the the cool performance. I did not know that they did that. Yeah, McLaren did a Mustang back in the day. I did not know that. I did not know that. 
and they're a turbocharged uh, four banger. Part of why you didn't know that is that our dads were wholly uninterested. But it had a wide body. It's one of the coolest looking cars of the era. If it had better headlights, it would look cool by today's standard. If it had the later, if it had like the. It's almost like a Fox body. It is a Fox body. Oh, okay. But it's the McLaren version. I like this McLaren orange. Yeah. It's. This is cool as fuck, dude. Dude, they're wicked nasty and they handle like a motherfucker because of the weight, because of the four banger. Why I do like this wide body. This looks sick. Was every one of them like this? Yeah. Oh, giggity, giggity. It's got an interesting snout to it, too. It call it almost has like it almost has like a snout like uh, like these little air nostrils uh to kind of uh, like I assume there's like a ram air system. Yeah. Or or is that where or was it a top mount intercooler? I well it's a ram air for your intercooler, but it's still ram air. It's coming straight in and being forced in. Was it a top mount like the Subaru? I believe so, yeah. And uh how hard is it to find these now? Not Are they expensive? Ish, but not really. Nobody really wants them. Really? Why not? Well, you know how like you didn't know it existed? That's fair. Like nobody nobody knows about them. They were so rare when they came out. Our dads thought they were kind of queer cuz they came with a turbo four banger and it was a Mustang. So they really were like, what's this weird shit? It looks Now, like were it. Mustangs back then at least at least a six-cylinder? Yeah, and most of them were five liters. Uh, that's what I would think. But they did offer a six. Um, but again, they'd offered a six since it was new. But this was the beginning of it having what could be argued as like a legacy of the four-banger in it, so... I I just don't have as big of a problem with it as I could. I think these are very cool. These are part of the history of McLaren becoming. That's somebody, not bad. Somebody that it's, was unfavorable. Uh, it's most recent sales eighteen grand. That's what I mean. Uh, average sales twelve seven five. Yeah. Uh, that's out of nineteen sales. Lowest sale was five thousand bucks. Top sale was twenty seven. Two fifty. Ooh, here's a white one. That one for sale on classic.com? I don't know. I just found it in the images. The convertible? No, I don't. Performance convertibles is that that's silly. That's like wanting a 16-inch cock. Like what are you going to do with it? It's dangerous to use. <laughs> that's like wanting a 16-inch cock and then it doesn't get hard. <laughs> yeah, or or when it does, like who are you going to put it in? What what chick's ready for that? You're going to bottom it out, puncture a lung? Like nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. Like, I have a convertible with 700 horsepower. Like, cool. You could have just bought a noose. They're exceedingly cheap. <laughs> I mean, I always, I, I, as much as I like the hardtop, I really like the M3 convertible because there is something about hearing that motor with the top down. It's pretty cool. It is cool. But there's also something about like, did you ever get in a corner where you got chassis twist? Uh, I don't think so. You'd remember because you'd re- you'd have those. You'd remember like, yeah, and I pulled over and I threw those underwear away. Mm. Yeah, because you shit your fucking pants, dog. Chassis twist is fucked. Like if you ever get into a chassis twist situation in a convertible, 
it's not like a little bit scary. It's terrifying because it's like, uh, you you know how when you're like walking and you think there's an extra stair or you go for a stair that's not there when <laughs> you're coming downstairs and how that like fucks uh-huh. your brain and body up. Yeah. When the car bucks from fucking chassis twist, it fucks your brain up like that where you're just like, huh? No, huh? Because it doesn't add up to like anything that's real in physics. So like you're. What is chassis twist, Jake? So a convertible, because there's no roof holding the boxes square, that your the two boxes that surround your axles uh-huh. in design study, and then you put a box on top to keep those boxes stable, right? So when uh-huh. you take that box on top off, those two boxes down below twist independently and can torque each other. So when you're going around a corner, you can have the left front wheel lifting up and the right rear wheel lifting up. That sounds pretty cool, actually. It's not. It sucks dick. It's so it's wor- it's like the one thing that's worse than torque steer. I think we should go do that for research purposes for a video. I'd be way down, especially if we could get a Corvair and I also get axle hop while we're doing it. Oh, I'll give you some axle hop. I'm do I I'm getting that out of my car right now. That's Axel Rose's new name. He's doing only hip hop. <laughs> uh I <laughs> Uh, I have not experienced that. I'd like to feel it one time when it was in a safe place. I have one time tried to drift my open differential car, and it went up uh, when I was going up Laurel Canyon, and I immediately put it into a curb. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's very honest of you to share. It's also hilarious. Yeah, immediately. The side yeah. airbags came out. In in uh, Brent's defense, he thought Subarus were cool cars until he was like in his late 20s. So he didn't know any better. I was in my thirties, brother. People listen. I was trying to be really nice. Dog, the Legacy <laughs> GT is the adult's fucking cool car. No, it's an accountant's cool car. Yeah, not an adult. Who wants a WRX? What kind of nerd wants a WRX? Oh no 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 no! Don't get me wrong. As far as what that brand had to offer, you had the car. I thought it was dope as fuck. They're only two hundred twelve made. No, no, no. I'm saying you had the car. As far as what they have to offer, you nailed it. As far as buying a performance car, you shit the bed. Well, I needed a car that was practical for Colorado. Uh and, and then and then I needed to be able to get my people up to the comedy show. Mm-hmm. And then uh I needed to be able to tune it with a Cobb access port. Right. Okay. So, so it all made sense. Audi. The Beamer, by the way, when I did get my first Beamer as my first second car, it changed everything. I preferred that Beamer over that Subaru. It's no one question. of the clearest phone calls I remember from an, a male friend ever in my life. <laughs> because it's like one of the most sure I've ever been as an adult. Like, oh, I just made a real friend. This guy's fucked. He's just joined the club. <laughs> you were, that was the you, beginning of the end. Yeah, because you were already a car guy. We already both really like getting high and having fun and giggling. Like it was all there, but you were like a normal car guy who's like road and tracks a fun magazine to read when I have a big shit. And then, <laughs> and then you were like, I'm thinking of getting rid of the, the hot rod Subaru and getting another hot car. What kind of, should I get this kind of Subaru? Maybe an Audi. And I was like, all wheel drive is for people that can't read good. And you, and you were like, no, what are you talking about Becker? And I was like, dude, you should go drive an old Beamer. They have 50, 50 weight balance. You won't even know. And they drive like it's an extension of your body. 
You're like, ah, I don't know. Well, I'll check it out. And then you called me. I was going over to see Baker one day and you called me and you're like, I'm going to go check out this Beamer. And I was like, right. Or you texted me actually, I think. And I was like, right on. Let me know how it goes. And then like 40 minutes later, you called me and you're like, I just bought a Beamer. <laughs> and I was, was like, like a- and I was like, right. Yeah. You were like, it's insane how it drives. It's insane. It's and I was insane. like, nice, dude. What motor did you get? And you told me the number sequence. And I was like, oh, you got a convertible? And you're like, yeah, what what I do? And I was like, nothing, dude. That's a great car. But if you think that handles good, you need to drive one with a roof on it. Yeah. I mean, it was perfect for California. And it was perfect for, I mean, it was fucking perfect for California. Perfect for everything, dude. It was so great. Uh, once I did get that roof over it, though, it was a game changer. I like it, the the craziest thing about that car is when it hit ninety, it just felt planted, and I and I think that's how it feels in the uh in the coupe as well. Um, and but I'll say this: my E forty six, the purple one uh, with the LS, and like everyone's like, why would you do that? It's already a great car. I'm like, yeah, but I I have all of this. Um, I have everything that's great about American power and everything that's great about German handling in one vehicle. Yeah. And I looked down one time. I was going 130 miles an hour, and I have never felt more stable in a car. No, yeah, they're fifty. They're fucking perfect. That's that's what I mean. I was on a closed track, of course, with no other cars around me. But this knowledge that (laughs) front wheel drive and all wheel drive are safer, so much comes from 1973. Front wheel is garbage to me. Front wheel is the most dangerous setup you can have in a vehicle. I absolutely agree. Like, like any whoever thought of like, hey, let's use the same tires that are are like you know using traction to move me to drive me too. Let's do that. It it makes no sense. And then leave no directional control over the rear. Zero. None. Zero. None. Made no sense. Honda. I don't get why they did that. Because Honda didn't want Honda. Well, Honda did it one because they were using motorcycle motors and just trying to make the drive shaft as short as possible to cut down on parasitic loss. Sure. And then also, um, in 70, what was this, 60, what year was it? Motor Trend Car of the Year, the Eldorado and the Toronado. 66? 66 when the Toronado came out and it won Car of the Year and so did the Eldorado. Uh, they were front-wheel drive. And it was such a big deal because cars, cars were still fucking new, basically, going into the fucking... 60s you know like it wasn't it was not a new technology cars with bodies on them had only been around since the 40s like in a real sense whereas it wasn't just a frame with like 10 panels put on it Mm -hmm. and uh they weren't balancing them they just didn't they didn't realize or have the engineering talent to know that like if the front of the car and the rear of the car weigh exactly the same it will really greatly change how these things perform and maybe not in a straight line hauling ass, but it'll really, really change how they mm. perform from a feel and handling perspective. And that knowledge is just de- de- like it's everywhere now. Like even the shittiest cars are so much closer to a 50-50 weight split than anything fucking made in 1966 was. So when these front-wheel drive Cadillacs and Oldsmobiles came out, the whole country took notice of like, these things are way fucking safer because your drive tires have weight over them. Instead of you just peeling out in the wet and the snow all the time, you get traction. It's like, yeah, or they could just design your fucking car right. Like, that doesn't need to be the fix. And then that 
like kind of mindset just became like a wives tale that like nervous parents believed in the seventies. And it just kept being a thing that they told their kids. Like, I want you to have a front wheel drive car cause it's safer. And like that perpetuated this non-knowledge as like a known fact till we are where we are now. where like Toyota has to very quietly make their lineup go back to rear wheel drive. <laughs> Like, have you seen one ad talking about how their crown is rear wheel drive? The the crown? Uh huh. I think it's all wheel drive or rear wheel drive bias. The but Toyota? even all 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 wheel drive systems except the Subaru Performance, the Audi S and RS models, and that's it. Are front wheel bias? All of them. I mean, my 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 MDX is front wheel bias. Every single car that's got all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive is front-wheel bias. So even when you have all-wheel drive, you really have a front-wheel drive car that also has a chance to make it. Hmm. But if hmm. you start to fishtail in an all-wheel drive car, it's not as controllable. And the car usually has a computer that's trying to do metrics for you. So if you do know how to drive and save it, you might be fighting the thing it's doing to compensate for you not knowing how to drive. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it sucks. I've always kind of liked the Acura all-wheel drive system since the uh, – I've had a few Acuras. I've I've liked them, uh, their all-wheel drive systems. I used to think my Trooper, my Suzu Trooper, yep. that thing had an all-wheel drive system. That was fucking incredible. That, uh, that was a Honda Isuzu platformed all-wheel drive system that then they sold to Chevy, I believe. Oh. Uh, well, it was great. I remember several times uh, I put that thing to the test, and I was always impressed on how that thing did in four-wheel drive high. Oh, but it's really? kind of the same concept as what my current one does, where it starts for front-wheel drive, uh, and then it Although I actually kind of think it started mostly real, rear wheel drive. No, those and then were as you needed drive. it, those used a transfer case. Those were actual trucks. Well, no, because you could see the graph. It would show you one thirds, two thirds, three thirds of the front tires of like how much extra traction it was giving you. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was only giving you X amount of power, but it was being diverted to the front. It was coming off a system that was feeding uh, it to the rear. So it was trying to go to the back first, and then yeah. it would go to the front. Right. We're on every modern car that's all-wheel drive, and it has been since, like, the 90s. It goes to the front first. When your car's not actively engaging all-wheel drive. That's what MDX does. Like, this new MDX or my car. current one, yeah. Yep. You're a front-wheel drive car unless it feels slip. And then it engages the rear, which is stupid. Yeah, it is pretty stupid. Yeah. But yeah, the the making cars safer through it's it's marketability, man. The reason all front wheel drive cars are front wheel drive is that people think that's better and the car companies know it's easier to give people what they want than it is to train them to actually understand why it's not a good thing. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. I hate front wheel drive. I'll never own a, like another all front wheel drive again. I was in my Honda Accord one time going up Downing towards the highway, and it's got that fucking little S turn, and I'm just romping through it, and I just understeered the shit out of my car, yeah, like almost into the curb, 
And had I not pulled off the gas so it could get traction from for steering instead of acceleration, I probably would hit the curb. Yep. Yeah. Stupid. And if there had just been like a little bit of gravel on the road or something else, you probably couldn't have been able to save it. Done for. Yeah. yeah. So. Whereas in a rear-wheel drive car, you could have at least angled the car to where you wouldn't have fucked the axle. You might have just fucked the tire. Yep. Yeah. Passed into it. <laughs> yep. You know how it works. Yeah. All right. Wait, well, re- real quick, because I'm going to have tell to me. Edit, edit this a little bit. Um, So Rowan Atkinson. Oh, dog. The Bean Believer. The Dream Weaver. The real one. He's out here driving race cars with Porsche's fuel. Yes. I sent this to you. Yeah. I also knew he was in line to do it. And he says it performs better than petrol. And I'm not trying to say I believe one guy over another guy, but I believe that autistic, weirdo, little car-loving fuck and everything he has to say over his assessment of how something mechanically works. He is deeply, weirdly into cars. He makes me look like a casual observer. Hasn't he wrecked like... uh, He's fucked uh, nuts. Yeah, he's fucked up a bunch of cars. I like he's wrecked a million McLaren. dollar cars. Yeah, yeah, the he, McLaren. That's right. He, yeah, he wrecked his McLaren back in the day. Uh, he's he's fucked shit up, and he drives fast, and he races old, very expensive cars. He's a bad motherfucker. And for him, Mister Bean, and for and for Bean to come out and say, "Man, like this is not only good, it's better," and I can't wait for everyone else to experience this. Man. I wish I had some liquid cash laying around to invest in this shit and really do some research on where to put it exactly. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Yeah, because I know it's Siemens Porsche. And that's what you're saying, but it's like I think it's two different. There's so many different Siemens. Yeah, well, they're all they have these German acronyms that don't. They look like they should mean something to you and me, and then they don't. Right. No, I so I am still curious about this. Uh, because you think that these you think that these car companies are going to get lobbyists there so they don't have to change up their whole their whole system cuz they they work in just a normal engine right like it's not a special engine you don't need anything new no new it's Regular not like 85 you don't need new fuel lines you don't need shit it's just synthetic made fuel from hydrogen yep that's so stable it runs better than the real thing According to Rowan Atkinson, who I believe. That's fucking Mm. huge, dude. It's Mm. like, again, it's one thing for like a travel guy to be driving it in the car that they let him drive for 40 miles down in Brazil or something. And for him to be like, seemed great. But for Rowan Atkinson to be hammering it in the car he's hammered before and be like, no, this is this is an improvement is like, oh, shit. okay, now we have scientific data. Right. Yeah. Dude, this could be huge if we get synthetic fuel, not just for cars, man. Like, this is a big deal for the entire planet. Like, this would be fucking huge if we had to quit drilling for oil. Are the, are the, who's making this? You Like, you're saying it's the car manufacturers. Porsche Siemens is making it. But the problem is, is there's no way that Porsche Siemens can go up against Shell and BP. They can, though, because here's the thing. Um, 100% of the world governments hate fucking OPEC. 
Okay. Yeah. The so oil just trade commission. We, we've got this drug dealer we've been buying drugs from for 50 years, and it's always the best shit, and it's never been cut with anything. But he raises the prices whenever he wants, and he fucks our girlfriend every time I go over to his house. Or there's this new German kid who just wants to keep his toys, and he's willing to like share this technology with everyone for a profit, but not just like reset prices like a bunch of fucking sheiks and princes in a desert that we're afraid of for political and religious reasons. Like this, it's Germany; they're not allowed to have a military. Like, there's no reason not to let Porsche have this fucking power. I think it'll be attractive to everyone. And dude, just like from a politician's perspective, this doesn't require your entire country to buy new cars. This doesn't require to regrid the electrical system to be able to support these new cars. To have cooling Hmm. stations for the running line. Like, dude, if we all go to electric cars, the draw on the grid will be horatious. Oh, we're going to be fucked. It's so bad. So this is huge. This is the Hail Mary. This is something that should have probably been being worked on since the 70s during the oil crisis. And it really took the threat of them taking cars actually away for the investors to be like, hey, uh, I need you nerds to go figure out how to make algae fucking burn like gas. Thanks, homie. But still, though, uh, British Petroleum, uh, Shell, all these other non-Middle Dude, East they, companies, though. They've already lost. They've already been banned. They're going to be banned in the EU. They're going to be banned in California, which is effectively here. Like, those companies have already lost the fucking fight they were having. They've already mandated EV and hybrid technology. They've lost. Everybody quit their car production, their engine production. Chevy rebuilt a plant for V8s like they know something. And Toyota publicly said they were never going to stop making petrol engines and that the world governments could suck their dick. But everyone else legitimately shut down engine production. So, like, they've lost. They have fucking lost the fight, dude. The like, So there's them lobbying, like, who the fuck cares? We already decided we were going to fuck you. What, are we afraid of you today? We weren't afraid of you yesterday. Like, I don't think they have the power people think they have because nobody wants it anymore. The public is so, like, conscious of how bad it is that they do want the better thing. Even if it's five, six dollars a gallon, like it burns clean and it's produced clean. Fucking a we're already spending five, six bucks a gallon. I don't want my gas to be this expensive, Jake. Yeah, but that's what I want. That's what the petrol costs right now. That's also in the low production numbers. If they start doing it on a worldwide scale, the price will go down. I want 50 cent gas again. Yeah, and if the Germans are selling it worldwide, and it's one company, it's not a hundred families with a hundred sons with a hundred fucking different regions of the country broken up that they all have to get paid. It'd be portions. It's going to be run like a corporation. I don't know if I like that. I mean, Dude, I don't really like either of these options, but this is the better option rather than a bunch of sheiks meeting a couple times a year to decide how much they want to charge us for oil based on what they want to do with the money. It's like, oh, we're trying to buy a new pool. We need to... Yeah, we've we've decided we're going to build islands in Dubai. 
Yeah. That look like the world. Yeah. So, uh, actually, you know what? Oil got expensive this year. It's hard to drill. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but all of a sudden, we that rock a, is thick. We broke a bunch of drill tips, and you can't just find mile-deep drill tips. So, we need more money. Yeah. Porsche won't operate like that. Dude, and that's the other thing. Like, I truly believe that there's something inside of the Germans that, like, we almost broke the world twice in 20 years, and I think we need to just sit in the back of class and shut our fucking mouths and hope everybody forgets. And this would be good for them. Oh, man. And How long do you think this to- will take to get to be to actually happen? I think two years at most. It's already they're already let it they're letting it be sold in Brazil as like a test market. Porsche talked them into letting them do it. I bet you it won't be 2024, but I bet you by 2026 when they have the new engine regulations for Formula One, because uh, they're trying to get to net zero by 2030. Well, I yeah, bet you by that- 2026 they're using this fuel. Yeah, I'm sure when they made that threat, they were aware of the Porsche fuel coming down the pipeline. Probably. Yeah. Because every time I read that, I'm like, y'all are so fucking stupid. There's no way this is happening. Yeah, but that like, this is all you need. This shit has zero negative effects going in and zero negative effects coming out of the car. It's clean. It's completely made of biomass. Like, it's fucking clean. I just have a hard time wrapping my head around how this works. Yeah, it's not like batteries where hippies will think it's clean and it's actually dirty as hell. It's fucking clean. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I just wanted to talk about how Bean's got our back. We're Bean Boys for uh, life. Dr. Bean, the bean flicker, the flicker of the beans. Yeah, Dr. Doctor Bean and the medicine women. That's so exciting. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so happy. Because it's people like that that, like, because in the EU and Europe and shit, like, he's famous. He's not well known. That guy's famous over there. Sure. So, like, him voicing an opinion like this will actually penetrate culture, and they give a fuck about motorsports in other countries. So, yes. Like, these, they're, Porsche is doing the right thing. They're letting the right people use these fuels. They're, they're like, they're putting it in the right places to make buzz start to stir where people will want it. Oh, I can't wait. I'm just excited to see how this gets, uh, scaled up you know what i mean yeah i think that's what they've been working on for like the last two and a half years because they've known they've had a solid product for at least that long i think all they've been working on is like how do we make this profitable right what's the price point how much do we have to make at a time what's its life stability on the shelf how long is this shit good for how do we ship it what kind of trucks what kind of refrigeration all that Do you th- wait? Isn't it more stable though? It is, but they didn't. They didn't know if when they made it in big batches, if it would hold up and still homologate the same. Like ke- chemistry doesn't always work one to one. Just like gotcha. when you're cooking, you know. How sometimes when you make double the portion, you only have to add like a third of the eggs. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, like chemistry is not always a one to one ratio when you scale up. It should be, 
but it's not always. So they've been dialing that in, probably figuring out what kind of production facilities they'll need, how quickly it'll wear out equipment, what kind of different shit they'll need than what they needed to process petrol. I think we're set, baby. I think that's how I'm going to buy my house. It's on Siemens oil. Yeah, dude. I just, fuck, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to be a reality. Well, hold your breath. I know, man. When they, I mean, when they announced it three years ago, I was like, bullshit. But then when I actually saw that it was showing up in cars, I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, these guys might not be playing around anymore. And then Mr. Bean came along and changed your entire opinion on life. Well, that too. Well, th- the other thing is, is like they're doing it on a big enough scale that they're able to get it into the hands of Mr. Bean. I mean, don't you think that uh, he was probably at an event where they were where they were showcasing it? No, he's a nut. I bet he requested it and paid. The- he's also very rich. He's done very well. He's very famous over there. Yeah, it's crazy. Black Adder. He's had many hits. Rowan. Yeah, no, he, he's got IREC McLaren monies and then still go racing. I don't have PTSD from what that did to my bank account. <laughs> it was like a one-of-one one McLaren, too, wasn't it? Or something like that? Something super rare? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they all, they basically all, all are. I think unless you have a black or a silver one, it's pretty much a one-of-one. One. Hmm. And a $80,000 paint job. Well, I think they gave you options, but when they first came out, the styling was considered a little extreme. And baby boomer knowledge was like, you buy extreme cars in very simple colors so it doesn't draw your eye to the weirdness. Sure, sure. But then you see the Garnet red one, and you're like, oh, my God. (laughs) shit, does that car look good? I remember seeing this Cinna uh, that had like, it almost had like a mystique uh clear coat on carbon fiber yeah. i mean it, it was like I, i've never seen anything like it it was fucking insane that's dope yeah it was really cool that was up at uh pebble beach for uh, monterey car week i need to come out to one of those mm, it's delicious those old fucks would love me i'd have to be the youngest person that ever came up and was like adela hey <laughs> what is that a now, pure zero is- my man now, this is what our generation's missing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, yeah, you want to sell it to somebody who knows what it is? I'll keep it clean. Give it to me for like $3,500, man. You've had all your fun for the money you paid for this. Come on. Hook it up, dude. You leave it to your kids. You know they're selling it to a scrapyard. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Or to yeah. a dude like me for a third of the price. So let me get this. Just uh, get, give it to me and know that I'm going to keep the car alive forever. Yeah. I will go into serious personal debt making sure it runs. He's already working on that. Hard. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Jake. Good episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep your fingers crossed for Jake and his adventures and and renewable algae fuel. Yeah. You, you can do it jake uh we'll see you next week everybody we're gonna talk about more stuff that's cool as fuck uh thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time bye, bye.